ITLK. Boss FM Talk. Ain't no stopping us. Very black. That's what I'm talking about. Big up. On today's episode, we're talking black culture, trending topics, and more live. Hosted by yours truly, Alex Haynes. Alex unmuted on all platforms. Unmuted Nation starts now. Very black. This is Boss FM. We're here to do it again. Happy Wednesday. Uh, some of you call it hump day. And if you're my close friends, I like to, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Amuda Nation. My name is Alex Haynes. And, uh, yes, uh, I am, uh, happy that you're here. If you're here for the first time, this is how this goes down. You share this feed. If you're listening live, share it. Okay. That's the boss FM map. There's a share option. Yes. T- text your mom and them and your cousin them and all of them, everybody needs to be a part of the nation. So you text them the Boss FM app. You tell them how to navigate it. They can click shows and come right to the show, or they can click channel and go to the talk channel. For those of you listening on Partner uh, Radio Networks, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And if you're listening on the podcast, of course, welcome back. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a podcaster at heart. I'm a broadcaster, um, and so. You know, someone's like, your podcast comes out every day. It's so weird to hear that because I know podcasts come out weekly or, you know, bi-weekly or monthly or whenever they get it edited and get it done. Right. But there's a lot of effort and thought and technique and uh, not live things that go (laughs) editing the podcast and perfecting it and getting that sound. Uh, We try to keep it close, but we are daily. It is live and your editing is minimal. So by the time you get it uh it's there but i want you to share it as well so if you're listening on the podcast i I do this every day and part of the reason you know sometimes i hear from people and it's like you know you say you're about to take this break you're about to play this song and i never hear the song you got to listen live and that's the only thing um it's weird you know my this is the first time i could say that my uh, half of my audience is coming from the podcast world Uh, and i'm not kind of used to that but whatever two hour show kind of condensed and so an hour, if we can make that, sometimes it's a, you know, depending on what we got going on, it's live. So things happen. All right. Today, uh, tons of things in the hot headlines that I'm going to get to for you. Uh, plus I'll take your calls and comments. If you are a podcast listener and you only listen via podcast, you can always send me a vocal comment. If you want to just drop it to the email address, comments at unmutednation.com. Uh, if you're calling the live number will not work for you after hours. Um, <laughs> That uh, Nick Cannon speaking out after uh, outrage. I'm going to call it outrage, but a lot of people shocked over the weekend, uh, calling him, uh, you know, basically just kind of dragging him a little bit for populating the world. Um, (laughs) uh, Nick Cannon says, stay tuned amid those reports. Vernon Jones, if you don't know who that is, you know, be grateful. He's a politician from Georgia, uh, flip floppers. He spoke out and said he wish, wishes people would recognize the death of Jesus as much as George Floyd. All right. Um, also Republicans speaking out, I'll give you the percentage number of how many of them think uh, Republicans think that America has done enough to help black people and it's time to move on. Just time to, like, it's time to move on from the insurrection. It's time to move on from any criminology or anything that white. All right. I'm getting started. I'm just giving you 
the lowdown of what's going down today. My number, 1844 Unmuted. So welcome back to the nation. If you're just tuning in, you know, share it. I, you know, we're live, 1844 Unmuted, 844-866-8833. Uh, Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. If that's the number, if you want to uh, tune in. So I'm going I'm to start with the headlines and, and, and uh, things that I think that you need to know. Because uh, I know I what I've noticed is that a number of people are um, checked out. Of what's happening right now. Um, and so there are some big headlines, uh, things. I know there are certain things that I have muted on Twitter. I know, uh, that you guys on your various social platforms, I'm sure that you have some of the uh, same things muted. Uh, and I listen, I understand and I'm with you. Um, Donald, the walls closing in on Donald Trump and, uh, this is something to really take a look at. I think, uh, I've been silent on it. And, you know, of course, what, what happens with people that, uh, and, you know, I'm not anti anybody or anti Trump, uh, at all. But what's happened is that, uh, you know, some, some of the chickens are coming home to roost, as they say. Um, I think what's really interesting, uh, is that while, you know, we've seen things come and go and people go to jail for, for this man over and over and over again. Um, and so now, uh, we've got some solid reporting and some solid insight on what's happening. And there's been an uptick in, um, you know, I, I think that the, the walls are maybe closing in on, on him in a, in a way that he did not expect. And so, uh, we knew, and if you recall last year, we covered a little bit when Letitia James, she's the attorney general for the state of New York, announced that there was a, a probe into Donald Trump's uh, Trump organization. It was a civil probe at the time, and uh, we did not have full details. So we kind of knew what we knew, and then we knew what we did not know, right? Uh, we we were vague. We knew that they were opening the investigation. We know that, that there were multiple crimes that the man committed, right? And we also know that there was a former attorney general, uh, William Barr, Bill Barr, uh, that would not prosecute him and overlooked a lot of things that he was doing. Um, now, what's happened is you've heard this, and uh, I wish I had a law and order sound effect. Uh, every once in a while, when the prosecutors feel like they have enough evidence uh, and they want to move forward with the prosecution of someone or something, they will convene a grand jury uh, to review the charges and so every once in a while we do somewhat of a a learning lesson on the nation so because i know if i start talking politics and you're like yo i've heard grand jury i know what a jury is uh you know i I, and I remember when I didn't know what the term meant, I just thought it was like some group of people in a larger courthouse. <laughs> like that. The grand jury is a jury. Uh, it's really a group of citizens empowered by law to conduct legal proceedings, investigate potential criminal conduct and determine whether criminal charges should be brought. So instead of the prosecutor uh, being accused of bias and, and saying, you know, these charges are clear to me, let's go ahead and charge this person. They convene the grand jury to come together and uh, adequately uh, look at the evidence, compare that to the law, and decide whether or not charges should be brought against the assailant. In this instance, uh, a prosecutor in uh, the Trump criminal probe has convened a grand jury to hear evidence, and they are weighing potential charges. Now, 
Experts will tell you that no prosecutor is going to convene a grand jury unless they believe that there are adequate charges. So Manhattan's district attorney has convened the grand jury that is expected to decide whether to indict former president uh, Donald, other executives at his company or the business itself. Should prosecutors present the panel with criminal charges, according to two people familiar with this development? Now, the panel was convened recently and will sit three days a week for six months. It's likely to hear several matters, not just the Trump case, during its term, which is longer than a traditional New York State grand jury assignment. And uh, like others, they spoke on the condition of uh, anonymity uh, to uh, discuss an ongoing investigation. And generally, uh, special grand juries such as this are convened to participate in long-term matters rather than to hear just evidence of crimes uh, or, you know, crimes that are charged routinely. This move indicates that the district attorney Cyrus Vance Jr.'s investigation of the former president and his business has reached an advanced stage after more than two years. So keep in mind that while Bill Barr would not investigate it, the prosecutor didn't push it forward because he felt that the attorney general of the United States would shut down the case. Uh, this is now suggesting that Vance believes that he has found evidence of a crime, if not by Trump, by someone potentially close to him. And so uh, this is what's going to happen. Vance's investigation is ex- extremely expansive. Uh, I know people are like, no, this is not another Mueller. This is a federal investigation. According to people familiar with the probe and public disclosures made during the related litigation, uh, investigators are scrutinizing Trump's business practices before he was president, including whether the value of specific properties in the Trump organization's real estate portfolio were manipulated in a way that defrauded banks and insurance companies. And if any tax benefits were obtained illegally through unscrupulous asset valuation. In short, this man inflated the prices of his hotels and his things in his uh, real estate uh, portfolio to lie to banks to get larger loans and insurance companies to be covered by a more a larger policy than they were actually worth um, if there were tax benefits we know that the man doesn't pay taxes if he doesn't pay taxes you know who it, like, this this you kind of see where I'm going with this right the district attorney also is examining the compensation provided to top Trump organization executives um, so in a statement issued on Tuesday, uh, Trump called the seating of the grand jury a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in American history. Trump has a couple of things in his playbook. He, he's either under attack, this is a witch hunt, um, or uh, it's fake news, right? So those three buttons, it's like he has a cash register and he presses the same buttons every single time but this is a probe that's been going on this is not a witch hunt they've had information they've had data and they know for uh, an extended period of time that there is something that just doesn't smell right uh, Trump blasted the reports on Tuesday uh, that a special grand jury had been convened to hear evidence against the Trump organiza- organization, calling it a con- uh, not only a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in American history. Uh, he says it's purely political and an affront to the almost 75 million voters who supported me in the presidential election. All right. 82 million supported Joe Biden, bro. Uh, and it's being driven by highly partisan Democrat prosecutors. Republican prosecutors haven't done their job. So, so some anyway, New York prosecutors uh, and their imminent presentation of evidence against Trump's businesses um, 
really just signaled that we're moving into this new new phase and it is moving forward. So that you're not in the dark when people are discussing this, it's highly likely that someone will be presented with charges, right? So whether it's Trump himself, uh, his organization, people, uh, executives within his organization, what's going to happen is when they start to question witnesses and subpoena witnesses, uh, they will subpoena executives in his job and in, in, in his in his former organization. They will definitely subpoena, um, uh, of course, uh, his family members. So Ivanka and Don Jr., these people will be subpoenaed and, and it's likely that these people will turn on him. Uh, and, and, and on, on this level, that's really the only option. So a lot going on here. Um, you know, and, and, and just a reminder, I'm a former, for my, my black listeners, you're still black and yeah, things are still, <laughs> still happening. Um, so that's the latest with the Trump probe. It's really disheartening and it, it's uh, sad that we had to, you know, experience a reign of terror under somebody like that. Um, but I, I, I thought it was something that I should I'd lead with and start with. I thought it was important that you know. Um, so let's I want to jump to this one and then we're, we're going to take our first break. Uh, a, success, a suspected white supremacist in North Carolina was arrested after she was accused of striking two black women with her car during a peaceful protest in North Carolina over the fatal police shooting of Andrew Brown Jr. Now, we talked about Andrew Brown Jr. If you missed that, you know, podcast. Lisa Michelle O'Quinn, a 41 year old white woman, is accused of driving her vehicle into two 42 year old women who were peacefully protesting and exercising their constitutional rights on Monday evening at the intersection of uh, Erringhaus Street and Griffin Street in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm looking at Lisa Michelle O'Quinn. I have questions. In a video posted on Twitter, a white car is seen uh, hitting two protesters identified as Michelle Fleming Morris and Valerie Lindsay, causing one to fall to the ground. The two victims were treated for non-life threatening injuries at the local hospital and released the same day as reported by uh, UNR. O'Quinn has been charged with two counts of assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill by use of a motor vehicle, one count of careless and reckless conduct, and one count of unsafe movement. The Elizabeth City Police Department is investigating the incident as a possible hate crime. Brown Jr., obviously, as we've discussed on this show, was killed by deputies uh, in North Carolina on April 21st. as sheriff deputies attempted to serve a warrant for his arrest on felony drug charges. He was shot five times, including in the back of the head, according to an independent autopsy report released by his family's attorneys. Demonstrators have been taking to the streets in Elizabeth City since the killing. Uh, we've also reported that District Attorney Andrew Womble said the deputies were justified in their fatal shooting of Brown Jr. outside of his Elizabeth City home. I share that with you here as well. Brown ignored the deputy's commands to stop and began to drive his car directly at one of the officers. Womble said at a news conference, he said the first shot fired at Brown's car went through the front windshield, not the back as was previously reported. But we still haven't seen the body cam footage and the family has seen it. The lawyers have seen it. They say otherwise. Uh, in short, a civil rights uh, pro uh, investigation has a federal investigation has been open. Civil rights attorney Bakari Sellers, uh, who's representing the family and also is a commentator for CNN, called a Brown's death an unjustified killing and noted that the killing has prompted the North Carolina state legislature to examine changes to the body camera law as we speak. 
in a bipartisan effort. And that wouldn't happen but for Andrew Brown. Uh, this story is developing. I'll tell you more. We posted the article on the, uh, on the social medias <laughs> of Lisa Michelle O'Quinn, uh, driving, attempting to drive over Michelle Fleming Morris and Valerie Lindsay. All right. This one from Georgia. I'm really upset and, uh, a little frustrated about this, but you will under, when you hear what I'm saying, you'll understand why I just, and I, I just, uh, a mother in a Metro Atlanta mother is facing charges after she allegedly assaulted a school administrator over a dress code dispute on graduation day. Several students at Drew Charter School did not receive their diplomas on the special day because school officials said the shoes they were wearing were not in line with the school's dress code. One parent got so upset over the situation that she's now facing charges. Police said the mother allegedly assaulted an administrator right after the ceremony because her daughter violated the dress code. Uh, school officials sent out the dress code weeks before graduation. Girls had to wear black closed toe shoes. They could be flats or wedges, but several girls broke the rules and showed up in open toe heels. Marnique Smith, Smith, Martinique Smith, whose daughter was also violated dress code, said she was hoping the principal would do something about the issue. What I was expecting was for him to be the bigger person. They worked their butt off. It was COVID. You know, this is the end of it, guys. You just give it to them. Smith said her situation is different. Her daughter has a wide foot and she couldn't find affordable, acceptable shoes. So her daughter wore the open-toed shoes as a result and she didn't get her diploma. Uh, Smith said, you don't know what that child or parent is going through financially as far as shoes, period. Everybody can't wear a Walmart shoe. You don't know the size of the width of the shoe. My daughter is a big girl, so what shoe works for one doesn't work for the other. School officials told uh, WSB TV Taisha's uh, WSB TV's Taisha Fernandez uh, uh, down in Atlanta that they're upset about all of this, but they made it clear to parents and students uh, that this would would happen if they didn't follow the rules. Fernandez saw the email sent with the dress code but didn't see any document that said students wouldn't get diplomas. Smith said she never received anything that said that either. School officials said it was clear to students. Officials say students have their diplomas by the end of the week. Uh, Fernandez was unable to make contact with the parent that was arrested, arrested following a Saturday's incident. I've had my team reached out and I've also made a personal call because this is very personal to me because I don't think and and I, and I, and, I, and and you know people are going to get on me and I I'm going to preface this by saying I love my educators. I love educators, I love teachers, I love what you do for the community, I love your commitment to the community, I love what you do for the children. In that same vein, I'm going to say this. I believe there's a special place in hell for education professionals, wrap everybody in there, teachers, parapros, administrators, nurses, cafeteria workers, and janitors that flex their egos by enforcing stupid technicalities during high school graduations. That is not the time, Miss Beverly, Joe Clark, there's, that's not the time. While I have a certain amount of rebellion in me, and I'm quoting myself because I've said this publicly already. I don't believe that rules or guidelines should be deliberately broken. But there's nuance here. People that attack people during graduation typically have either forgotten what that moment means for some or what it took to achieve. 
Grandstanding at graduation isn't the way to prove a point. And if you get off by snatching moments away from human beings that have worked 13 formative years of their lives, you deserve all of the heat that comes your way. This isn't about breaking rules. This is not about principle. This is about you grandstanding and being an ass. There's absolutely no reason. I, I and I had a I, I, I posted this this morning on Twitter. I got a lot of feedback. I posted it on my Facebook, and I started to get some responses from people that I graduated with. And I, I've told this uh, this story before, but I I, I remember a, a teacher that I somewhat favored. Um, I remember our graduation uh, rehearsal was just one uh, one day before, so. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of my high school or any, anything there, but the graduation wasn't an hour before and, and during the graduation practice, there was a teacher that came running, walking down, uh, to their practice, waving a test, uh, for one of the students, uh, one of my, my, uh, classmates. And she yelled his name, yelled his name, and if you don't pass this test, you failed your last test, you won't be walking. That type of embarrassment, in the right place might get might get you tackled might might get your car left on bridge like i mean like what what do you get out of that i was getting comments sarah commented and she said uh that she could not find the entrance and when she got to graduation uh, she graduated the same year i did uh there were two administrators that told her that she couldn't walk uh it was her and another girl they could not find the location they did not know where they were and there was another administrator that pretty much trumped them and said no they need to walk this is it this is it there are some people that are not going to have a college graduation or they're not going to a certificate program educator. And so for you to do this, I think is asinine. It's, it is, uh, it's heart wrenching. It's frustrating. It's selfish. It's arrogant. It's despicable and it's disgusting. And I, I think that the teachers that do that kind of, that, that, that people that do that, man, this, this is it. And I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I think that you must have forgotten. Like you must, you must have forgotten what it feels like or you must, you must have forgotten because that's not a moment that you steal from people. And I, I'm very disappointed in this school. I'm very disappointed. Um, I may write an op-ed about this because I, I, I'm frustrated about that. What do you think? Do you think that, you know, rules should be followed, graduation or not? They've been in school because this is, this is the other side of the argument. I'm not reading none of those comments. To hell with y'all. I said, like I said, there's a special place in hell for people that rob shit from people. Senselessly. Right? So I, 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 I don't, if, if, I, I will, I, Share your comment, 844-844-866-8833. This has upset me, okay? It has upset my spirit. I am frustrated about this. And that girl that got her diploma, my sister was in a, situ a, a, a similar situation. It happens more often than it should, and which is why it frustrates me. Because it makes, I'm not violent, I'm not a violent person. But this makes me want to fight. This makes me want to not just uh, it just makes me want to get violent okay it want, it makes me want to choose violence gears for a minute welcome back to Unmuted nation and uh, welcome to wednesday okay um and i you know i got some some music that makes me feel good today uh and i'm i'm a, i'm off of my 
Yeah, I'm upset about this, this these administrators and and these and these teachers taking this this moment away from like there's no way in hell you're sending my child to school. If my child's not graduating in this instance I'm uncle, but my child my child's not graduating graduating, nobody's graduating. That's how I see it. You know, if I gotta go to jail for a little terroristic uh, threat, <laughs> nobody's graduating today. That's not happening. Um, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Some great news, and if you follow pop culture, uh, you know, if you've been under a rock, we we talk often about, especially on this show, where, where you don't get, we don't get a lot. We talk about how Black history is not a part of uh, the American education system right now. Uh, they don't even want to talk about race. And uh, seeing black people for who they are, this this huge attack on critical race theory, and we'll be uh, you know addressing that as uh, you know as we should. But I thought this was amazing, uh, and I'm going to tell you about two things that we know about uh, our history that are going to be documented and shared, and uh, we will be able to partake in that on the 100th anniversary of the American tragedy. Uh, come on now, come 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 on now. Not today. All right. <laughs> Live. Sorry, guys. Sorry. On the 100th anniversary of the American tragedy, uh, Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance, her husband, uh, are set to produce an MTV series on the Tulsa Race Massacre. The MTV Entertainment Studios and Bassett Vance Productions uh, have announced a new series on Monday set to depict the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. It is said to be a scripted limited series written by award-winning playwright Nathan Allen Davis. Uh, per the official release, a century after the devastating event that left hundreds of black people dead and entire homes and businesses destroyed, the series will be the first dramatic ad- adaptation devoted to telling the story of Greenwood District um, in Tulsa, which at the time was the wealthiest black community in the United States and known as Black Wall Street. And the official announcement, Vance opened up about the up- upcoming series, calling the opportunity to tell a story of the Tulsa race massacre a privilege. He shared uh, that he, and his words, Angela and I have a deep appreciation for history, especially when it comes to stories that are rooted in the black community. We look forward to working on this series with MTV Entertainment Studios that will explore an important slice of American history as we look to reflect on events that changed the lives of countless black families in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 100 years ago. Uh, he continued by saying, we are excited to work with Nathan because his vision directly aligns with the story that Angela and I want to tell. Although the series will revisit the black pain and tragedy that took place on May 31st and June 1st, 1921, it will also importantly introduce to many the stories of the extraordinary entrepreneurial people who built Black Wall Street and all that this community accomplished. Uh, playwright Nathan Allen Davis also shared a statement along with the exciting announcement. I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm going to talk about why this is so monumental. Not only that this is being done and funded, but here's my view, right? If you are going to take the history out of the classroom and you're going to talk take the racial discussions out of the classroom and you're going to take the opportunity uh, to expand the thought and uh, views and, and perspectives of the future you are and not only are we going we are in danger of repeating what we don't know 
But it's dangerous. And what I love about, um, despite the oppressive nature of our political system and our political parties, uh, we've got, a, there are hungry generations that are emerging, right? You see things, and we talk about millennials and Gen Z often here, but we see that, uh, there's something about future generations that, you know, while they can certainly be taught racism and they can certainly be taught uh, bigotry and hate uh, and hate mongering and fear and the weaponization of utilizing their own race, uh, they choose humans. And so I think a story like this available on streaming platforms, a story like this available uh, for for young minds to digest the story, right? I'm very vocal about not watching black pain and black trauma. But this is one of those that I go and put back in the faces of my white friends and said white allies. And as we know, yesterday, we from reporting yesterday, you know, the allies that we think we have vocally are just here for a cause. They're here for a change. They're not really here for the change because it requires work. But that's because, like, they haven't seen it. They haven't lived it. And so painful a series uh, sometimes, and, and not, not even from a historical context, or not always from the 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 the, the vantage point of a documentary. Sometimes uh, it being done and told uh, as an adaptation is exactly what's needed. Uh, playwright Nathan Davis went on to say, "I am honored to be partnering with Courtney Angela MTV uh, Entertainment Studios and their extraordinary teams in this vital endeavor, exploring the history of Tulsa's Greenwood District as a uh, dramatic series." Uh, a limited dramatic series affords us a, pre- a precious opportunity and a deep responsibility. I greatly look forward to crafting a story that will not only shed light on the people of Black Wall Street, but give fresh life to the spirit, ideas, hopes, fears, and dreams that motivated them. Uh, he, the upcoming project is reportedly the first of their 2020 deal made with MTV Entertainment Studios. Uh, Nina L. Diaz, the chief of content and creative uh the chief creative officer at MTV Entertainment Group spoke to the partnership in a statement sharing that this partnership underscores our shared commitment to raise diverse voices and create content our global audience is yearning for that is both timely and telling. So I don't have a date for this. Uh, we'll follow it and I will let you know when it is going to drop. On the flip side of that, you know, I can be objective and say, honestly, we've seen, we see ourselves in history portrayed as butlers and slaves and Harriet Tubman moved me. And you know, you know, we see that over and over and over over again but when we're telling diverse stories we also need to see the stories of immigrants that were brought here not on slave boats right that's interesting um i think you've told us the story of the pilgrims we we know the story of the boston tea party nobody gives a damn i mean and i'm this is not about white tears or white feelings but i'm just being honest nobody really gives a damn about that because it, it whitewashes what was done, the cultures and, and communities that were erased and colonized. And so telling these stories is important. In that same vein, I wanted to hit this before I, I take a break. Uh, CNN is also this upcoming uh, holiday weekend or I'm sorry, premiering on May 31st at 9 p.m., they will premiere Dreamland, The Burning of Black Wall Street. It's a new documentary that explores the history of Black Wall Street. And so if you're looking for something that's not an adaptation or uh, entertainment per se, this documentary will air on CNN uh, May 31st at 9 p.m. 
Um, that's something I'll probably join into and, and, and tweet along with, and we'll do that uh, as the show. Um, this is going to chronicle the history of Black Wall Street and the violent events of late May and June 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma that resulted in the slaughter of hundreds of the city's African-American restaurants. Uh, I'm sorry, residents, restaurants. I, I might be hungry. All right, I got to take a quick break. I got more of the nation coming up. And if you're on the podcast, stick with me. All right. Even for the little break, stick with me. 844, I'm muted. 844-866-8833. I'm muted nation on Twitter and Instagram. Bust FM Talks. You and I are one. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour. We're getting ready for the next hour. Again, you know, podcasters, stick with me. Um, coming up uh, in the next hour, we keep it going because there's so there's so much happening right now. Arizona Republicans uh, have introduced a bill to strip the powers from the Democratic Secretary of State. Like... I wonder, my main question is like, Republicans, do you know that we can see you? Like, you're asking for partisanship and you're asking for equality, which we never get. We didn't get any of that with the last Republican. But come on. Also, Wall Street Bank CEOs prepare for the Senate uh, as they will be grilled. Uh, They're so... Half of them went this morning. The rest of them are, are, are testifying today. If I can get an update, I'll tell you. They're being grilled on PPP <laughs> loans and their diversity efforts and climate policies. We'll see what they have to say to Congress. Uh, three people uh, have also been arrested uh, over a cable car crash that killed 14 people. I'll tell you about that. That's in world news. The mask is still a... Uh, controversial topic so we'll talk about that and then what are you watching i want to talk about that too all of that coming up in the next hour uh you know and we we should also say this i, I want to make this uh, uh this tribute is is due and necessary samuel e wright who was the voice of sebastian on the sea um in the little mermaid died uh yesterday he was 74 years old he was also a broadway actor uh lots of great work and so uh let's give him uh his flowers while he's still here i got more unmuted nation coming up for you in the next hour stick with me you're listening to boss of him talk you and our one we're taking a quick break more Unmuted Nation after these messages. It's Alex from Boss FM. And listen, if you listen to my show, you listen on the Boss FM Talk channel. That is Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, okay? And you do that on talk. But if you're anything like me, it's the summertime and you're ready to get that body tight and right. And you need to listen to body all day long. Curated hip-hop from our DJs, syncopated to make sure you never miss a beat while you are hitting that workout. That's Boss FM Body by Boss FM. Also, if you are in love with the 90s or 2000s and you love that throwback music, all this week, the best throwbacks are happening on the replay. That's also by Boss FM. These amazing channels in your Boss FM app, and I got more coming, so keep it tuned to Boss FM and tell everybody about the Boss FM digital radio app in your app store. Call the nation. one unmuted That's 1-844-866-8833. Check them out, y'all. Check them out. Welcome back to Unmuted Nation. All right, so uh, we are talking what's happening with the government, the masks. Uh, I got, we'll talk about that. Also, uh, I'm going to leave with this one, and uh, oh, and we'll, we'll go here. $2.5 million worth of meth 
anything about meth is hard for it's the reason it's hard for me to talk about is because I can't conceptualize what the hell y'all doing with meth because you know I okay I understand recreational drugs right I do I understand weed mostly because I, I understand recreational drugs and I think that they have their place right I understand that you know from a, a hallucinogenic type thing whether it's weed that you indulge in or you're just looking for that euphoric feeling uh you know cocaine's wildly popular right now um i said cocaine not crack it's wildly illegal also people um it doesn't seem like i'll be wondering never mind never mind Okay, a coke, you, you can get addicted. Crack, you can get addicted. We know what a crack addiction looks like. We know what a meth addiction looks like. Uh, you likely don't have teeth, right? I don't know what possesses people to do it. I, it, it doesn't make any logical sense to me at all. But this in, uh, from the newsroom, $2.5 million worth of meth has been seized in a watermelon, uh, watermelon shipment uh, in San Diego. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection in California has seized more than a thousand pounds of meth found hidden inside watermelon shipments. <laughs> and I gotta put my coffee down. And uh, Marakic, Acting CBP Director of Field Operations San Diego said in a statement, we don't frequently see seizures of this size, but there are certainly a risk in the cargo environment. Stopping over 1,000 pounds of methamphetamine is a critical act for the security and health of our nation. Agents pulled over a truck with watermelons last week and discovered the meth at San Diego's Ote Mesa commercial facility where the vehicle underwent further searches with drug-sniffing dogs. That's when investigators found 193 wrapped plastic containers and packages of methamphetamine in watermelon crates, equating to roughly $2.5 million in street value, as reported by the Daily Beast. The 46-year-old driver, who is from Mexico, was eventually arrested in connection with smuggling the narcotics, uh, and he's been brought to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigations, and is facing charges. Uh, he's being held at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in San Diego. Also at the Ote Mesa, within the same week, authorities found 2,500 pounds of methamphetamine hidden in a medical equipment uh, shipment on May 14th. After further inspection, authorities found 120 packages of narcotics involving 2,425 pounds of meth, valued at $5.5 million. There is money to be made, so I'm not that confused. But I know what it does. You know what it does. Like, <laughs> you don't like your smile. You like you. And, and and here's the thing. I'm 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 very social. I have not been social. Obviously, there's been a pandemic. But as the world has started to open back up and I have tapped back into my social life and and started to go back to explore and do things and live live my life. Um, I've seen things and I was talking to my best friend. He, it's so funny because I think I'm not sheltered in any way. And I think these pro things have probably been going on around me 
for over a decade, right? Uh, I just think that I still don't know. I saw a post uh, yesterday, and uh, it was a repost. You know how? You know, we'll talk about social media in a second. But uh, you, you get certain content on Facebook. I hate the content on Instagram. I don't know anything about TikTok and what's going on with them sharing, but I do share the videos if I get or download them because I think they're funny. But I'm not signing up for TikTok. Somebody else can be Alex unmuted on that. I really don't even care. I'm not looking to protect my brand in any way. I will not get on TikTok. I'm not doing it. And whatever is coming out, I'm on Twitter. And you know, if I lose Twitter at some time, if it goes away, I don't see. You see, the reason I don't think it's going anywhere is because. It's everywhere, right? You know, when you're watching TV, you see people's Twitter names on your fa- on the mass singer, your favorite journalist. When you're watching the news, you can tweet live on award shows. You can't really, you can Facebook during an award show for your family and your grandma to come report, you know, Larry died. But, but my point to the, this, this entire thing, I, I think that How should I say? I think I think we should just collectively do we got we got to do better because I think uh, I, I saw this post on Facebook. That was that's where I was going, and she said, you know, if I if you do coke around me, I'm telling. And I thought this is so funny because I think I, I think I'm the same way. I'm not calling the cops, but I'm telling. I'm telling. Yo, I didn't know. I mean, I, what can I do about it? Now, if you're doing meth around, you, first of all, you're not going to do meth around me. Let me just be clear on that. Let me, I don't know. Let me go to break. Let me, let me, go, let me go to break. Every calibrate. When we come back, we'll talk about a man. Uh, I'm just, I'm just free today, obviously, right? That's what a hump day does. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. All right. Uh, a Florida man allegedly stabbed a woman who wouldn't have sex with him uh, and called her a $100 whore. I'll tell you that story when we come back. Uh, more developing uh, <laughs> today. Like I said yesterday, there's just a lot going on. Low-rise jeans and bell-bottoms are back. I'm never, I'm never putting on a pair of Jabos again. Unless I'm doing some sort of parody or some type of skit or I'm in some type of production. I'm not putting on no damn Jabos or a Nietzsche shirt or I'm not doing any of that. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, this man who stabbed this woman who wouldn't have sex with him. And again, you people that do things like that, I, I just don't understand. Sick with me. Back to unmuted nation. Okay, so um, lots of that's happening, uh, but let's 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 go back to culture for a minute because I, I think um, there's a beam floating around, uh, and it, of course, you know, there's all these jokes going on. I don't know. I, I've been very honest about my uh, involvement in the, in the franchise of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Not my thing anymore. Uh, I, I didn't even watch the reunion this year. I didn't even know it was on. Uh, sue me, guys. I'm sorry. I was with it for 10 years. I think that's, the show is incredibly dry. However, this meme circulating has Portia and her, her new man 
uh, which, I mean, if you've, I've read the story, I've read the headlines, people are kind of giving me the background. I'm seeing the snide comments. Uh, I saw the Lanethia chime in. So I know that there, there were thoughts and there are comments there. And that's great. Um, I, I, you know what? I don't even, I'm, I'm mentioning it because I know you guys have seen the meme. I'm not going to jump into the debate that, you know, a regular troll tried to pull me into this morning. Um, but there's a, the, a photo of Portia and her new man next to uh, Florida Evans and Thelma. And they were drawing the comparisons that it was Florida Evans uh, looked like Portia's new man. And Thelma looked like uh, Portia. Comical, right? I think that people have drawn good times comparisons for years. I think I just thought I thought it was funny, and you know, maybe you thought it was funny. One of the comments that uh, in one of the discussions I got in, I say that this was a, this is a, a normal troll because <laughs> he is. But his, his post, I'll read it. He says, the Portia, Simon, and Esther Roll meme and joke just isn't funny to me. It reeks of colorism, and what we are not about to do is disrespect our legends. Y'all are too old for this, and Esther Roll does not deserve this. Esther Roll has been getting the brunt of, jo- of jokes since she said, damn, damn, damn. All right? So you can be opinionated, and everybody's sensitive. Nobody can take a joke. But good times specifically, they are the ass of the joke. They are. You use Florida Evans, people use JJ, people use uh, Walona, they use Thelma, they use all, John Amos. Kenya Moore literally told Marlo Hampton that she looked like John Amos. Now, I'm not justifying that one. I thought that was a horrible joke. But what we were not going to do, and I think, you know, and, and let me, let me, let me be clear. Um, let me be clear. I didn't, I didn't see the colorism, but I, I understand the argument. Uh, his comment, valid. Anytime Afrocentric dark-skinned people, especially a black woman, uh, is compared to a man, uh, they're at the helm of a joke. It's colorism. Uh, as an Afrocentric dark-skinned person, when I'm compared to somebody else that's light-skinned, I don't feel like it's colorism. I don't feel like if there's a joke between me and another uh, light-skinned person, unless it's insinuated that I look like something because of this color. Right, I think that there is nuance. You can use wisdom, and you can choose whether or not. And I think that's that's a whole different conversation, right? I think um, people use the term "choose violence," but I think people choose offense. I think that you can see uh, what you want to see, and sometimes you agree. Sometimes you don't. Um, I think the choice to choose violence will often have you miserable and often have you looking at the place. Uh, and and it's, uh, uh, there's an, enough against us already, right? There's The odds are already against us in so many ways. There are so many things that, uh, you know, don't always work on our behalf or doesn't, do not work in our favor. That said, uh, you know, choosing offense is something that we should probably shy away from, right? I think there are times that you should be offended. And, and you know, I hate having these discussions, especially when it's just me here and I'm gonna, I don't have my cabinet or the panel uh, to talk through it. But I believe that, right? When you choose to be offended, um, and, and again, you have to hear me, there are things that are offensive. And you should be offended by racism. You should be offended by blatant uh, disrespect. You should be offended by things that 
are intentionally done to uh you know you should be offended but choosing offense uh, it's something that you don't have to do and it's something that we don't have to do and I think that it's something that we can all work towards not not doing I told you I was going to tell you about this look at me j- jumping all over the place I told you I'll tell, tell you about this man uh, who ale- uh, allegedly stabbed this woman uh, a Florida man offered to pay a woman $5,000 for sex the woman declined and he allegedly stabbed her and her boyfriend uh, Renee Lasso 55 was arrested Monday outside of a Palm Coast bar called Smiles and charged with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, according to the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. Lasso had allegedly been harassing the victims for months, including offering money for sex before he showed up at Smiles where she was hanging out with her boyfriend and friends. During a heated argument, uh, he allegedly called the woman a $100 whore. When the woman got between Lasso and her boyfriend, he told the group, I have a knife and I will cut you. That's when Lasso grabbed his knife and stabbed both victims, according to police. Lasso tried to escape, but Bar patrons kicked over his motorcycle and prevented him from leaving. Both victims were treated for multiple stab wounds on the scene and transported to the hospital. Lasso initially claimed that the woman had slapped him and he had been chased, but investigators confirmed that he instigated the incident and stabbed both victims, including the man in the back. This case could have easily turned into something much more tragic, uh, says Flagler County Sheriff Rick Staley. Um, Staley goes on to say alcohol, arguing, and weapons are a recipe for disaster. Thankfully, the injuries the victims sustained do not appear life-threatening, and we hope they can make a full recovery. I understand all of this started because Lasso was looking for a date. Well, now he has one with the judge. Uh, so $5,000, she still didn't want it, and he stabbed her. Uh, cost him a, it's going to cost him a, a lot of time. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't know. Like what people are going. I know people are going through. I don't know what people are going through. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I can be honest when I say some things just don't get. Uh, I, I don't get. Uh, when you are offered, uh, what, what is go, what goes to the head uh, of men that assume that money, um, makes people want to sleep with you like what 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 you know i just i don't know your thoughts on this one 844 i'm muted i'm back with you in moments and more of the nation continues 844-866-8833 Unmuted nation on twitter and instagram all right welcome back to Unmuted nation do you remember uh jamal sutherland he died in january after he was shocked with a stun gun and pepper sprayed in his cell well, a $10 million settlement has been approved in his death. Uh, this story out of Charleston County, South Carolina. Uh, the council on Tuesday approved a $10 million settlement in the death of Jamal Sutherland, a black man who died after he was pepper sprayed and electroshocked with a stun device in a jail cell earlier this year. The vote to approve the $10 million settlement at a meeting Tuesday night was unanimous. See, this is the thing. You will approve a settlement... Uh, but people don't want to die. What's the point of killing us over and over? Anyway, um, Council Chairman Teddy Pryor said at the meeting, which was streamed online, I'm so happy that it was a unanimous decision to do what is right by the Sutherland family. Pryor went on to say, we know that no amount of money will bring their loved one back, but I think this starts the healing process. 
Sutherland was 31 years old. You may remember this reporting. He died on January 5th. He had been arrested the day before after a fight at the psychiatric facility where he was receiving mental health treatment. At the jail, sheriff deputies tried to remove him from his cell for a bond hearing. Video shows two deputies outside Sutherland's cell. One deploys his taser and appears to use it repeatedly as Sutherland cries out in pain and writhes on the floor. Two sheriff officials, a sergeant and a detention deputy who were involved in the incident have all been fired. An attorney for Sutherland's family did not immediately return a request for comment Tuesday night. There have been protests and calls for criminal charges in Sutherland's death. Uh, of course, that hasn't happened, but Ninth Circuit solicitor Scarlett Wilson said last week that the investigation into possible criminal charges is ongoing. The pathologist who completed the autopsy stated that Sutherland died as a result of excited state of an excited state with our pharmacotherapy pharmacotherapeutic I, I went through that word <laughs> Pharma, pharmacotherapeutic effect during subdual process uh, so he was basically excited and his excitement enhanced what ha was happening with the taser uh, and it killed him the pathologist also stated that his review of the ex uh, uh, Extra, uh, extrication process did not reveal any unusual or excessive interactions or areas of direct concern. Wilson has said the pathologist's findings raised questions and has sought a second opinion. So we'll continue to follow that. A settlement is coming for that family and that is good news. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh mayor uh, who, Ed Ganey, he is the likely first black mayor uh, of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been a progressive state representative and he beat the incumbent mayor in a Democratic primary for the platform uh, but he's calling for a people renaissance. Um, his He's basically saying, we want a city for all. We want a city that is an example of what modern America looks like. I don't have a lot of time uh, to go into this, but I think that the desire to, to vocalize that, and I think... Uh, it's amazing that his perspective is that the city has to be publicly for all, right? I think that the verbiage has to be that we are inclusive. It's not just us and no one else. It's not us for no more, but it's literally that the goal for success for the city has to be progress. If I can get, uh, this future mayor in the building. I will do that. All right, I'm going to take my final break. More Amuta Nation uh, continues here. Stay with me. Uh, you're listening to the only Boss FM Talk UNR1. Amuta Nation, 844 Amuta. It's so hard. Yeah, it is. The time has come that it's time for me to say goodbye. But you already know what's going down. Tomorrow I'm back in Miss B. And uh, we're throwing it back. Like you do it. I mean, it's going to be cookout style. I mean, Memorial Day is coming up. Why would we not do that? <laughs> of course, you can get your throwbacks at any time, anytime, right? Anytime uh, in the Boss FM channel, the replay. Just hit the back button on your app if you're listening live and click the replay and you've got uh, throwbacks. We have a completely dedicated channel to throwbacks. You don't want to miss that. That's coming up. Uh, well, tomorrow I got throwbacks for you my live listeners and of course you can get that at any time on the replay remember uh you can chime into these conversations at any time we want your thoughts uh and your opinions because they matter that's what makes the nation the nation and so this conversation continues with you at the forefront uh unmuted nation on twitter instagram follow us 
uh, and share the wealth. Remember, today is greater. Believe it, speak it, and live it. You have to make the choice to be great. Your situation is not your destination, so go and make the day your motivation. Have a great day. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Unmuted Nation and the Unmuted Nation podcast are registered trademarks. Each show is broadcast and powered by Boss FM. For more information on the show, podcast, or advertising, email show at unmutednation.com. Y'all heard?